Hi, uh, welcome to another episode of 52 and 52. I'm your host, Anthony. And I'm Josh. Uh, I'm proud to say we have our friend Matt here with us today. Uh, he went and saw 99 Homes with us, which is the movie we're going to be talking about. How are you doing today, Matt? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Um, so we're going to start, uh, same as usual. Uh, you know, we watch one movie a week, 52 a year. It's uh, how we do the podcast. Uh, Josh is going to start with the synopsis of the film, and then we're going to uh, just talk about it for uh, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. All right, yeah, so today we saw uh, 99 Homes, which uh, stars Andrew Garfield and Michael Shannon. It's really a, f- a really focused story about, which was inspired by true events that happened here where we are in Florida and just a little bit south of us in Orlando about during the housing crisis. So it was in 2010 when uh, you saw a lot of the, a lot of the, unfortunate consequences of what a lot of the big mortgage companies uh, did, a lot of their actions over the few years prior to that, which resulted in a lot of people really not being able to pay off their homes and them getting foreclosed upon by the banks. And uh, Michael Shannon plays a guy that had been a real estate, a regular real estate agent, but then when all of this stuff starts going down, decided to make a little bit of a career turn in his life and became a real estate broker on behalf of the banks, uh, foreclosing on people's houses and handling everything that it took to then get them resold. And he ends up foreclosing on the home of Andrew Garfield's uh, character. He plays a character named uh, Dennis Nash, and Michael Shannon plays a guy named Rick Carver. Rick forecloses on Dennis's house. Dennis is a single dad who lives there with his probably eight or nine-year-old son and his mom, who runs a hairdressing business out of their living room. And Dennis is a construction uh, worker, but... Uh, in those times, obviously, not many houses were being built. They were all being foreclosed on. So uh, at that point, he's obviously finding it hard to come by work, and they're falling behind on their house payments. And they think that they're going to be able to wait 30 days after the court orders them to be uh, uh, approves the eviction order, but it turns out that they come to evict them way sooner than that. And he goes to confront uh, some people at Michael Shannon's uh, business, and... Um, then just by chance, by circumstances, uh, he, Michael Shannon sees something in the guy and, and thinks, well, I could use this guy on my team. All, all the other guys working for me aren't, maybe just don't have the head on their shoulders and the wealth of skills when it comes to dealing with uh, contracting that this guy does. I'll put him to work for me. So it's obviously a very tough decision that Dennis has to make to go from being evicted and being a regular construction worker to then working for the guy doing all the evictions. And that's really what most of the movie is about, is this guy that in a way has to kind of sell his soul to support his family and how he has to reconcile with that. And it sounds like really boring subject matter, but I think I think we all were kind of impressed that despite that, it was a really suspenseful movie that really created a lot of tension. Yeah, the movie was really compelling. Um, you know, we just watched Show Me a Hero dealing with the housing crisis in New York, and it was much more interesting than that was on its face. I mean, it's a story about the housing crisis, but it's also a story about just like moral choices and like what you want to do to support your family and the juxtaposition of Dennis and Rick throughout the movie. Um, So Matt, what did you think about this movie? Well, this is one of those films where I was just driving home. I was thinking about more of the things that I felt the film did right rather than what it did wrong. It actually was a very emotional story the entire time. I went in with no real expectations, but I gotta say, it really painted an interesting story, especially with something that's in pretty recent memory for us about the housing crisis. Mm-hmm. And I, I did not know anything about this going in. Like, it's something we talked about a lot going the, recently about how we think sometimes 
trailers for movies might spoil a little too much and they just don't they don't cut them the right way most of them there are some that are good but a lot of times they'll just give away way too much of the plot and for whatever reason i just didn't know much about this film up until a few weeks ago just i, I avoided doing any of the tra avoided any of the trailers and knew very little going in i wasn't i, I didn't want to get my expectations too high but because but, but i hadn't seen a trailer so i also wasn't prepared to have a movie that was just done in this way that created so much tension out of something such as foreclosures um, so I guess the first thing I wanted to talk about is the characters and the actors. Um, I thought that Michael Shannon was pretty perfectly cast. Um, kind of plays the same guy he plays in Boardwalk and Man of Steel, essentially just like the villainy, uh, scumbaggy type guy. <laughs> and uh, I, I think he did really well. I think his character was was written very well and how it would be in real life. Uh, I haven't really read any interviews or anything from like real life realtors about it but it seemed to me um pretty realistic i really liked his performance i thought it, i mean i thought it was a little different than boardwalk and i was always kind of frustrated because i knew he was a good actor and i liked the performance he was giving on boardwalk empire but i just didn't think it was the right subject matter it was an, it was interesting character but he was just so often uh disconnected from the rest of that show in a weird way and you never really got to see him interact with you saw him interact with some people depending on what convoluted storyline they had for his character there. But uh, here he's obviously he's obviously one of the two leads, and thus he's much more tied into everything, and you don't have to jump through as many hoops as they did to keep him a part of the cast on Boardwalk Empire. It's just a shame when an actor that good gets locked into a show like that that doesn't know how to use him. You see it in TV a lot, so it's nice that he's getting opportunities to be the lead. I mean, this guy's one. This guy's an Oscar-nominated actor who I never. I've never seen Revolutionary Road. It's on one of those things that I've I've been meaning to do. But he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor for that. So when a guy that's obviously that talented gets locked into a TV show for five years, it's like wow, he could have been doing. You see a performance like this, it's like what could he have been doing during all that time? Kind of like Andrew Garfield being locked down to Spider Man. But we'll get to him in a minute. But I, I really enjoyed that character. I think up in like it was just so ambiguous as to whether or not like how bad of a guy is this guy because he's not quite as bad as the the main perpetrators of this housing crisis at least for most of the movie you see him maybe he's he's taking some actions in his business here where he's ripping off the government or ripping off some of the big mortgage companies but a lot of what he's doing it's just it's it's something that someone's going to be doing whether it's him or someone else Someone has to be the person to evict someone from their home, and there's nothing illegal in that. It might not be fun. It might be uncomfortable for him. The people who he's evicting might not like him, but the fact is that's still a legitimate job, even if it's just a one that's not fun to do and not fun to watch someone do. I mean, those are well-done scenes, but it's pretty heartbreaking the way they shot some of them. Yeah, no, and I agree. I thought that he was very relatable as a businessman. I mean, just the way he was commanding all the scenes at the beginning, he seems to come off very very harsh and how he's acting towards some of these people when they're getting kicked out of their homes. But like, you know, he's saying, I'm not the one who's, who kicked you out of your homes. I wasn't the one who did that. And the, the arguments he makes with Andrew Garfield's character about what he does and how he feels it's justified. I mean, they're, they're legitimate arguments from his point of view. Yeah. I don't necessarily think that he's a, that bad of a guy when you watch the movie. I mean, he's outside of when they're doing things like stealing people's ACs or, or whatever else that's like actually illegal. He's not doing anything illegal. He's just taking advantage of the Florida statute and the Florida law and uh, the judges who I read, I think there were 32,000 uh, foreclosure cases on the docket in just Orange County, Orlando in oh, wow. 2010. So, I mean, when you watch it and these judges, I think there's a big scene at the at the end when someone is trying to fight for for their house and they're like, 
you know, the judge only took 60 seconds to decide my case. And this is like my family and this is my house. And I spent a lifetime building this. And you can say, yeah, the judge is kind of a dick for, for taking so long. But at the same time, if these guys have 32,000 cases just in one county, I, I mean, I think you can understand where the judge is coming from if these are the facts. And these people haven't paid. You have to look at it from the bank's point of view and Michael Shannon's point of view. Like, they lent someone money. They, It's been three, four months. They haven't paid. I mean, sure, it's not necessarily right or morally correct to want to kick him out of their house. But that's the law. That's what the contract says. You mentioned kind of him not paying back. That was one of the better lines in the movie where he's where the two of them are arguing about it. He tells Michael Shannon, are you, you're kind of stealing from these people in a way. He's, well, you, 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 you took a $60,000 loan and didn't pay anything back. How is, this, how is it that any worse than that? And that kind of makes you think right there in the movie. You know, it's pretty, a pretty powerful line right there. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, that's the thing is that those people, uh, people like Michael Shannon, the realtors and the people doing the evictions and the banks they have to look at like we loaned you eighty thousand dollars for your house and you stopped paying us back what do you want us to do like let you live rent free or whatever um i mean i guess it's probably not super hyper i mean it's probably not as realistic for every case where it was this this bad and this many people not paying or or getting kicked out immediately out of their house and and everything but I think that it's it still shows the climate of what was going on during the crisis and what probably is still going on now for people that either aren't paying or don't know what's going on. And I think the way that worked might have varied a little bit from jurisdiction to jurisdiction because I think Matt has a little bit of uh, real-life insight he can offer into this. You, you, you did a little work a couple years ago that kind of touched on some of this stuff, and you kind of saw how maybe it might not have always been so ruthless as it was depicted in the movie, right? Uh, yeah, that's correct. I worked for a mortgage foreclosure law firm uh, back in 2013. Uh, now, granted, this is uh, three years after uh, when this film takes place, where people were getting uh, evicted uh, left and right. Um, by this point, um, judges had become a lot more sympathetic to what people were dealing with. Um, in fact, a lot of the times, once people start filing uh, countersuits against the banks for uh, not being given proper notice about their evictions, I mean, they weren't getting kicked out of their homes. In fact, they were actually staying there rent-free until the case was usually decided. And then at that time, once they had had enough time to find somewhere else to live, they were, you know, relocated. And I want to oh, – go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say I think that's kind of what I was talking about earlier is that it might not be super realistic, but at the same time it's like Michael Shannon's character is just taking advantage of what the law is. And I think it's up to the banks and, and whoever to decide, the sheriff to decide – when the day actually is that they're going to kick you out. But once they have the right to kick you out, then there's really nothing you can do about it. I want to talk about those scenes because there's yeah, quite yeah. a few of them in this movie. And uh, just in which the, whether it be Rick or Dennis accompanies sheriffs to various people's houses and has to evict them. It, it, it was like a more, to me, it was a more crushing version of the first five minutes of Up in the Air. That's exactly what I was thinking. And yes. and then up in the air for some, it's when the movie with George Clooney where he has he works for the consulting firm that goes in and just lays a bunch of people off. The first five minutes of that movie involves him talking to employees, telling them they're going to lose his job, and they actually had real life uh, 
real people that have been laid off during the recession uh, talking to the camera about what what it, what was going through their mind and the different uh, the, what, what what it was like for their family at that time. I think they were probably all actors in this movie, but it was just it, it felt so real that it wouldn't have surprised me if the, it, they had done the same thing that they did in Up in the Air. And some of these scenes, uh, you know, it was very well shot in the first in the first couple in the first couple ones. But then there was just one with this old man that literally had no one in his life he could have gone to for help. At least when uh, when Dennis's family gets evicted, like they're able to drive over to a motel. This old guy had no one and no resources, and it was it was so uncomfortable to watch. But it was extremely well done. Yeah, that's the that's the scene that really got me. Like I was watching it, and I was like, I don't know, like yeah, these people didn't pay. It's just another person that didn't pay, another family that didn't pay. And, you know, like, they'll figure it out. They're adults. They need to take care of their own business. And then when the old guy, like, this elderly, like, 80-year-old guy, they're evicting him out of his house, and he's saying, I don't know my neighbors. My son is in Michigan. I haven't talked to him in years. And, I mean, that was that was hard to watch, like you said. Yeah. And also, I, well, I want to also go back and talk a little bit about just the, the depiction of uh, Dennis's family and everything that they kind of had to go through. And I want to get your guys' thoughts on that because – um, like we said, a big part of this movie, movie is Andrew Garfield's character Dennis taking this job, and he hides it from his family. Uh, I, I, it was something I could totally understand why he would do it. Maybe in my, in my situation, I might just be like, "Mom, I can't find another job. Like this is the only thing we have, and we have no options." But it's understandable that he wouldn't want to tell his family that he's going to work for the person that evicted uh, him. So I could, even though that might not have been the reasonable thing, I would have thought out in my head if I were in a situation, I could totally understand it. But then. He's going throughout this whole movie with the aim of getting back into his house. This is the house that he grew up in. This is the house that his son has grown up in for the first few years of his life. And I, I was like, wow, man, you just got to move on from that. Like, it, it's probably not going to be the best idea. To, he eventually tries to enter into a deal with Rick to have Rick buy the house and then extend him a loan and have use Rick as his bank, which kind of all are probably like, man, don't do that. That's that. <laughs> Come on. Like you're making, you already kind of made one deal with the devil and it, you're lucky enough that that hasn't turned, bit you in the ass and now you're going to do this. But like, I, I, I kind of understood that connection. But the fact is I, I have really never had that feeling before, but like they still like, they still kind of sold me that this guy would be that invested in it. But the house that I've lived in for the longest out of any of the house I lived in for my life was the one I lived in in Philadelphia until I was five years old. Then I lived in one in Mobile, Alabama for two years. My family rented a house back in my that town I mostly grew up in, in Gulf Breeze, Florida, for two years. Then we got another house that I lived in for three years. That house was destroyed by Hurricane Ivan. Then we rented a house for nine months after the hurricane, bought another house, lived in that for two and a half years, and then rebuilt the house that got destroyed by a hurricane, lived in there for one and a half years. And I, not, and I explained all that to just show that like I've never really had any strong relation to a house. I lived I, the house I'm living in while I'm in law school. It's going to be the house I spent like the second most time in in my entire life, which is just I just don't know what that connection feels like to feel that strongly to a place called home. But this movie did such a good job of conveying what that must be like, and I feel like if it was able to get that feeling across to some twenty somethings, there's probably a target demographic of kids who either grew up in one home or adults who have actually had that process of buying a home and making it their own that it's probably going to resonate even more strongly with. Yeah, no, you're you're right. The film did a great job of that. Um, so going back to Dennis and his family, um, to start, I kind of laughed at the first scene with Andrew Garfield because I really did not buy that. Imagine he was, he was a roofer. Uh, yeah, well, no, not even as sorry. Not I guess not the first scene, but I I just. 
did not really buy him as like a dude with like a ten year old kid with no with he's no. He's thirty three years old. He seems he, younger. Yeah, he just. I mean, he doesn't. He looks look, like Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He just f- played like a sixteen year old kid. I actually watched the Social Network last night because yeah. what was funny if if we want to talk about his performance is I. I went back and looked at his IMDb, and I'm like, maybe I've missed some movies that he's been in the last couple of years. But if you look go to his IMDb, it's literally The Social Network, Spider-Man, Spider-Man, the second Spider-Man, and then this. Like, the guy just hasn't worked a ton, and I guess Spider-Man, unfortunately, took up a lot of his time. And I wanted to go back and see what he, The Social Network to see. I remember thinking he was great in that, and I didn't know if that was because that was before I understood what movies were understood what a good movie was more so now than i did then and maybe then he had the most sympathetic character in that movie and maybe i just like thought i had a better image of him in my mind than he really was as an actor but he is really good when he's given stuff to do in the last 30 minutes of that movie and here i wanted to kind of get your guys thoughts on him because i kind of had the same feeling i'm watching him as a college student last night and now he's a guy with like a son in fifth grade yeah no i he did really well it was just funny like at times like seeing him and like doing roofing work and like this pretty boy like you're just in his english yeah and hammering nails and like wearing oversized sweatshirts in a motel uh parking lot and like driving a big green old truck i it, it was just funny i mean it didn't really take anything away i just i thought it was funny i thought he did really well i thought um, that was funny yeah the thing that bothered me a little bit was his southern accent yeah yeah i was gonna get to that his little yeah. twang half the time was just like I, don't, I just don't know why it was necessary i guess they were just trying to convey like a local guy homegrown guy but i mean that was that was just unnecessary. like you know matt and, matt, matt and i both grew up in this state and neither of us really have like you can grow up in florida and not have to talk with the, like a real southern <laughs> twang or anything yeah. like that and one of the only other things i'd ever seen him in actually because like i said he hasn't acted a lot was like an episode of doctor who in like the fourth season when he was probably about 18 years old we'd probably barely ever been to america at that point in his life and they asked him to do like the accent of a guy from like tennessee and it was terrible so then I had that in my mind when I heard tr- him trying to do the southern accent. But it wasn't like he was doing it throughout the whole film, like, hardcore. Yeah. There are other scenes where it, I didn't notice it as much, and it was easier to kind of get past them. But it bothered me a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, but so Overall, what did you think of him? Yeah, no, his performance was really good. I think that a lot of the movie was just, like, juxtaposition of him and, and Rick uh, just trying to decide, like, where they – what decisions they want to make. And it – to me, it was just like he – they almost end up making the same decision every time or, or we come to the same conclusion every time. But Andrew Garfield's character is doing it for his family and Rick is doing it out of greed. And I think it was uh, not unintentional that they only showed his family one time in the movie. I mean the guy doesn't even have time to spend with his family because he's always on the phone. He's always working. He's always driving around Shady Lane to find a house that's – no, got no tenants in it that he can foreclose on or or get $3,500, pay someone $3,500 to take over the home from. Um, so I think it was a nice little juxtaposition, and I think that even though Garfield's character seems at least more moral, I mean, he ends up kind of just following the same path as, as Rick did. Matt, what'd you think? Well, I thought he gave an excellent performance. Um, Garfield, I mean, I think he gave an excellent performance. I really did find the scenes where you could see he was having emotional issues it felt like he really was having that. It wasn't. It didn't feel like he was acting. Like whenever mm-hmm. there was a scene involving an eviction, and you could just tell, like he was almost like brought to tears every time, trying to tell these people, "I'm sorry, but I need to do this. I don't want to do this." And you could tell it. He he didn't want to do it. He, he was. Did, he acted really well without talking. 
at times, and that's what stuck out to me because I'm like, well, I'm not enjoying it when I'm having to hear his southern accent come on a little too much. But in those scenes where he's having to just that internal struggle, he feels so bad because his family went through the same thing. Like you know, like you're saying, then you can just see that you can see that without him having to even say anything, which is what really jumped out to me. Sorry, I kind of interrupted you. Do you have no, no, no. Um, <laughs> I, I will say it was it, the hardest thing for me was the same thing with you all about um, how he had this eight-year-old kid. I mean, I, I believed Laura Dern as the mom. She she did a good job. Mm-hmm. It, I, I, it was uh, the the kid was a hard sell for me. I will say another nice thing that they did with. I want to know what happened to his him and his friends two case season. <laughs> I felt kind of bad for him about that. I, I was more into those kind of games when I was in fifth grade than I have been in the last five years. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but um. Yeah, no, Laura Dern was great. Um, she played the she played the role well. Uh, I guess the the one thing that kind of bothered me was his son taking Laura Dern's side during the during the whole fiasco. Not bothered me, but I guess I didn't really understand why he would do that. Yeah, because I, I like I was kind of explaining. I I like I've never really had that strong of a connection to a house before, and it's not like he was having to decide between going back to the home he grew up in or living in a, or just living in a nicer house with his it was just it wasn't like he had his other option was going back to that house it was like going to tampa where they didn't know anyone besides like his mom's brother like what what it is was he just that upset that his dad took him away from that house it was i guess what they were trying to say he was that mad at his dad for that well i think it goes back to your point of him hiding the hiding his real job from his from his mom and his kid um i just I, under, I, I mean, you can understand if they have this emotional connection and they're seeing this person as like literally the worst person in the world for kicking them out of the house, right? They're thinking that, that Michael Shannon's character is like actually the worst person and they've never, sure. I mean, if you've never experienced such, uh, I don't know, like tr- traumatic experiences that if that's like the worst thing that's ever happened to you, then I can understand that. But at the same time, I guess the part that didn't really drive me was like why, they, like, no, they wouldn't choose living in a motel or being poor over living nice in a house. in a ho- in any house and having money to spend and and being able to provide for for Lord Ern's grandchild and for Garfield's kid and they, I don't know it was like they like you would have thought maybe they could have they could have gotten over that to live in a nice house as opposed to moving in with her brother and who supposedly has a family when the kid like was going to get to live in a nicer house and go to the school same school he'd been in with all of his friends it's it, it maybe didn't make complete logical sense, but I guess they were just really felt betrayed. Yeah, go ahead, Matt. What didn't make any logical sense for me was um when okay. he's having issues with his family, mm-hmm. and one of the things that happens is like he evicts a lot of people, and eventually one of the people he evicts is living at the same motel as him, and he's worried about his kid's safety, and that's when he has to get this whole other house. I, I didn't see why he had to get a whole nother house. Why couldn't he have just moved to another motel? I'm sorry. That just really bothered me a lot because I was like, okay, if you're, if you're making a good amount of money, I'm pretty sure you can move somewhere else temporarily. Could've you don't have to in, buy a whole nother house. You could have moved to like a Hilton Garden Inn or something like that. Like no. a middle-level nice hotel, yeah. hotel yeah. instead of making I, I'm such getting a big investment. I agree. I'm no, no, you're right. That. You're right. I thought about that when, when it was happening, but I think as the son and like sort of as like the provider for the family, I think yet your ultimate... Your goal is like I don't want to take my kid to a hotel or a motel. I want to put a real roof over my kid's head that I own, that we own as a family, and and regardless of whether his family wants it or not, I mean I think he's doing the right thing, and and he doesn't want to be like you said, he doesn't want to be in business with the devil again in this shitty contract for a 
for a house with a terrible terms and two year balloon and fifty was like twelve percent amortization. Was, was, that, was this mean, giving him an opportunity to purchase that independently of Rick? I, I wasn't quite clear. What do you mean? The, Which, the house he ended up buying. Yeah, so yeah, that, yeah. That was going to be completely yeah, independent. Because yeah, he had all that money that he yeah. was giving back to Rick okay. to put as like a down payment or whatever for the for the right. family. I, I didn't know if any kind of purchase he made that large, he was going to need that assistance there or if he'd already gotten enough money. But that, that's another way in which it makes sense that he would want to kind of go after another house. The one thing I wanted to add was I thought the movie, like for a movie that's presumably not a big budget movie because there wasn't a lot of marketing for it. I mean, it, it did get a wide release this weekend, uh, but like very, I have seen very little as far as promoting it. And so I'm, I'm assuming they didn't have a large budget, but I thought it was shot very well. Uh, as someone who grew up in a suburban Florida town that was kind of on the water, and even though this was in Orlando, I guess they shot it. I don't know. I'm not even New sure. New Orleans. They shot, oh, they shot mm-hmm. New Orleans? Yep. Okay, well, they, they, they did a great job of passing New Orleans off as like suburban Florida, and I was very impressed with that because I guess there was a lot of houses on water, and I guess we were supposed to think maybe those are the lakes around Orlando. And those houses looked a lot like a lot of the houses from my hometown. And I kind of, uh, the, the, the housing market, same thing happened to the housing market back in my hometown. There are a lot of these houses that are very nice on the water. My mom's a real estate lawyer. So I kind of know that I, I'm kind of familiar with how it affected these nice houses that you just couldn't get anyone to buy. And they looked exact, like some of these houses with the seawalls and like the, just the kind of, um, so this is like the, the way those neighborhoods looked with these big towns with big back decks and pools on water, it was very, very well shot. And that didn't look like any, I mean, I spent some time in New Orleans. It didn't really strike me. Like I'm surprised that when you told me that it looked like a Florida town. And I thought some movies like paper towns, which we saw earlier this year, that was supposed to take place in Orlando. And it did a much better job of like uh, trying to sell, sell us as being in middle of nowhere, Florida than that movie did. Yeah. Yeah. I think they, so they shot the, all like the suburban stuff in New Orleans, and obviously yeah. when they're in helicopters and overhead shots of actual Orlando, they did. Yeah, they did that. But yeah, it was it was shot in New Orleans. What do you think of the of the filming, Matt? Yeah, Matt, Matt's from Tampa, so he's from a similar part of the state. Yeah, I guess I was a little bit offended how anti-Tampa <laughs> Andrew Garfield was, but uh, no, I, I can agree. From someone who's been to Orlando like multiple times every year, like I, I thought they really they captured. Um, like the the feeling of Orlando pretty well, even though like we know it was being filmed mostly in New Orleans. It I was pretty convinced for the most part that they were filming in Orlando. Mm-hmm. It was very well done. It was very, and I just liked all the stretches of houses they showed and all these neighborhoods that just had the the realty signs on the front of them. I thought that alone was just a really like just excellent shot. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so I think we're gonna go into spoilers now. So I'll give a little ten second break and we'll come back. All right, so we're back. We're going to talk about about the last 15, 20 minutes of this movie now in a little bit more detail. Um, I think Josh wanted to start. had some things to say about the end. The one thing I'd say is this movie, uh, one thing it sets up well from the earlier parts uh, of the movie that it sets up very well for the last 20 minutes is uh, like in the very first scene when uh, when Andrew Garfield and his son are kind of about to go into their court hearing, his son is playing with another kid that's about his age and he has to kind of drag him off into the courtroom, and it turns out he's playing with the kid who's the son of another man who's there for the same reason and going through some of the same issues, and it's one of the first houses that he, he ends up confronting when he goes to work for Rick, the guy stealing power and water from a house next door to his home because he's, he's in default on his mortgage and things are about to go south for him, and then they have to go back to that house later because they're going to start to eventually make a move on the home. 
And then the, the kind of the climax of the movie is he ends up going back to this guy who's already confused as to why this seemingly decent guy in Dennis has gone to work for uh, Rick. And and it's part of this really larger scheme that he and uh, Rick have put together to really make a lot of money as part of um, taking over a lot of different houses. And except this guy has a really good case with which to keep his house. You see the futility of the courts in a lot of these instances. But this guy's about to utilize it correctly, and, and in order to prevent him from doing so, uh, Rick kind of takes the most uh, drastic, uh, morally questionable step he has during that whole point in the movie and has Dennis go to meetups with uh, someone else at the court to insert a forged document into the file of the fa um, family's home that they're about to, uh, that's about to be able to keep their house. And you know this file is going to show that they pr were provided proper notice when they actually weren't as to the eviction, and uh, that it's kind of like a big um, fork in the road for Andrew Garfield's character at that point. He's about to make a ton of money, but his uh, his his uh, he's about to have to make a choice that's tougher than anything he's had to do in that point in the movie. Because in that to then he's just been providing for his family, and it really even though it isn't the fun work, it's the kind of thing we mentioned earlier in the movie where it's like this work that someone's got to do. It's really not that illegal in most of the respects, but here is something where he's committing like a serious crime, and I really like the ambiguity that we had with the Michael Shannon character up until that point. We kind of explained it earlier, like for the most part, like you couldn't really say he was doing anything that wrong up until that one point, and I'm like, well, now we can just straight up not like this guy. And so it kind of felt like for me, but it's based on a true story. So once I found out that it was kind of based on a true story, like I couldn't complain that much. It's a story they chose to tell. Yeah. So, what did you guys think of the last, the last scene, the last uh, like ten minutes with the eviction? Well, it really did have me on edge because uh, I really wasn't expecting that to happen. I, I'll say that's one of the things I liked about this movie is that normally, whenever the the good the the good everyman character is in a moral dilemma, normally when he gets that fork in the road, he'll automatically just choose the right thing. And you know, I was expecting them to do the stereotypical ending. He gives the finger to Michael Shannon. It's like I'm not going to do work for you anymore. But no, he, he, he sobbingly does this detestable thing, and then he has to see, like, the consequences of it afterwards. And then, like, the scene as, as a whole, like, had, like, really had me on edge, because I wasn't, ex I've, I'm sure that's happened before, I mean, but I've never, I wasn't expecting him to go that way. Yeah, and I think the interesting thing is why he did it, right, and it's for his family, but at the same time, he does it, and he comes home, and, and they're gone. And the thing is, like, if he doesn't do it, they're still going to be gone, because they were mad at him and there was never like a scene where his mom is like, hey, don't do this or we're going to like leave. Like we don't want you to be involved with this. It was more of just like an understood dilemma between them. But I don't know when his mom and his kids like stayed at the house and they, they made food and I don't know. I thought it was going to be okay. And Maybe they were just upset with him, but they kind of got over it. And yeah. Then, yeah. And he, I mean, he did this for his family and. And I think that he thought it would be okay and the right thing to do. And it probably was the right thing to do. And then at the end, he, I guess, was like, this could be my family. I would want someone to stand up for me. So he stands up for them and and he loses his family anyway in, 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 in the process. I guess we can assume he's probably going to spend a little time in jail. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's what yeah, I took from so it. I don't know what you guys did. But. I guess he, at that point, he is just he, he took that moral stand that, Matt said a lesser movie might have had him do about 10 minutes earlier uh, and I guess decided to just fall on that sword and I, I, 
I, I, I understood why he was doing it at that point. Like once after at that point, he knows his family has left him, and he's like, I have nothing to lose. At least I can, at least I can still feel somewhat good about myself if I can like avoid the, stop prevent this guy from doing something he's really gonna regret. The the guy getting evicted, like he's gonna go to jail for a little bit too for discharging firearm like he did. But he could have been a lot worse if uh, Dennis doesn't step up in the way he did. Yeah, what did you think, Matt? I mean, I, I too, was like, he's he's going to jail. I mean, there's no doubt he's going to jail. I mean, he falsified a, a legal document. He's definitely going to jail. What, what I was wondering at the end was, uh, of course, you see the police are talking to Shannon's character. Um, I'm sure, you know, Shannon's going to probably be followed up with questioning. But I was kind of wondering, too, I mean, even at the end of the day, I mean, the, the guy who he was going to evict is probably going to go to jail for discharging a weapon. Garfield's definitely going to jail. Shannon might go to jail. No. He may not. But at the same time, too, even if he does go to jail and hit, and, and uh, uh, Carver Realty uh, is no more, I mean, there's going to be someone else who steps in and is going to do what Carver was doing anyway. So, I mean, I guess I kind of like that ending in a way because it's kind of like a brutally honest ending. At the end of the day, he did, mm, I guess, the right thing. But at the same time, too, it wasn't like oh, there's going to be a million hearings and, oh, this is never going to be a problem ever again. No, people are going to keep doing this. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's interesting because as soon as the guy starts shooting his gun out the, out the window, it's like, well, fuck it. I'm not going to – what do I have to stand up for? This guy's going to jail anyway. His house is going to get foreclosed on and my family's going to be okay. I mean, I know that's selfish and it's illegal, but if you've already done the illegal thing and there's no trace of it, and I mean, I don't want to risk myself when I can get my family back. Yeah, and I, I thought that – and I just – Speaking about that scene generally, I thought that it was shot very well and very tension-filled for a movie that really up until that point had created a lot of attention, but not through action sequences. I read one review that, I don't know exactly, it was not, not something I thought about all while watching it, but one movie in a way compared, to, compared it to Sicario. And Sicario was obviously a far more intense movie throughout, but I did leave this theater after that scene, like having a little bit of that same feeling I had after that because that I, I literally had no idea what was going to happen. It, it, would, it would not have surprised me if the guy shot him. Like They had done such a great job of establishing that, that character that I would not have been surprised if he had just gone off the deep end based on everything his family had had to go through that point. I, w- I was not going to be surprised if he pulled that trigger. And while once Andrew, once Andrew Garfield stepped out and just right in front of him, he, he already was so mad at him at that point. Uh, anything, not nothing would have surprised me, and I was really on the edge of my seat. Yeah, it's just like almost like what is he salvaging though? Because the guy's going to jail, and then his family's not going to be able to make payments, and then they're going to get foreclosed on anyway. Yeah, he's already going to jail anyway at that point after he sh- shot out the window. Yeah, uh, and apparently, I, I'd, I'd like to go back and if on a day when I have more time, uh, maybe watch another one of this director's movies because all the critics that I've read really like a lot of the stuff he's done. Um, his name's Ramin Barani, and apparently. It, all of his other films are very well thought of, and they're all very small films. So I think this was probably the one he'd gotten the highest profile actors to be in at this point, and probably the biggest budget, I'm assuming. And he did 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 really well with it. And I'd like to see some of the other work he's done because to take a movie like that that's uh, somewhat uh, potentially a boring premise and to create something that suspenseful is really impressive. Yeah. So I mean, I would definitely recommend go seeing it. I think Matt and Josh would too. It's probably one of the what, 10, 10 best movies we've seen so far in 2015? Yeah, I, put, I, mean, I, I, I think I would put it somewhere in my, at least in the top 15 in my rankings. Yeah, so definitely go see it. Um, um, you can find me again at a, on Twitter at aclambake, A-K-L-A-M-B-A-K-E, and Josh? At Josh Jernavoy, J-O-S-H-J-U-R-N-O-V-O-Y. 
and Matt does not have a Twitter, but if you want to friend him on Facebook, feel free <laughs> to uh, feel free to do it. Though I'm not sure he'll accept uh, it. Just uh, send him a message about movies, and then we'll go from there. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening, guys.